<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. From Fox 4, Kansas City. This is the Crazeology Podcast. There's something special about finding songs that remind you of your life story. But then again, there's also something scary about it. What you once thought was your own unique experience isn't just yours anymore. That can be said both positive and negative stories about your life because it's emotional hearing someone artistically describe something you thought or felt. Here's the kicker to it all. There are thousands of singer-songwriters who are writing about their own experiences. And you could listen to music for years before finding someone whose music tells your and their story at the same time. Nixon, Missouri native musician Tyler Giles released his first EP back in 2017. And just a few words into his track, Buffalo Creek, had me hooked for more. Today's episode with Giles features two previously unrecorded songs. We'll get to those in a few minutes. But first, this is Buffalo Creek by Tyler Giles.
concrete true won't you baptize me at the edge of the water on buffalo creek come on preach true won't you baptize me at the edge of the water on buffalo creek Come on, preacher, won't you baptize me at the edge of the water on Buffalo Creek? Come on, preacher, won't you baptize me at the edge of the water on Buffalo Creek? Tyler, I'm I'm really excited that you could be here today because I've wanted to talk to you more about your music for a long time. And one of the things is you started off your very first EP with the title or with the line, uh, I was born in a river town. And that was always something that I tried to portray to people uh, since I am also from a river town. What do you think that means to you to be close to like a large river rather than a lake or an ocean or a, a different type of body of water? Uh, there's something special about a river town. And I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, there seems to be some, uh, some artistic quality that gets gleaned from rivers like I mean like Mark Twain, Mark Twain for instance I mean Life on the Mississippi was a, a book I read when I was really young and it had an impact on me but, uh, there's just something special about a river town I don't know if it's the fact that it's like growing up with the idea that everything keeps moving on um, it's a it, it, it's a it's it's outside of that it's just beautiful you know the, the, the scenery of a river but I, I'm not I don't really know how to verbalize the impact that living in a river town had on me or growing up in one. But. Uh, for me, I guess a little bit, like I feel like when I go to places where there aren't rivers, it just seems like there's like a different kind of culture. And like you said, like it's hard to really put a finger on it. Like have you, being, being a traveling musician and going to all these different places, do you see that? Or, uh, or do you think that it's just people are people depending on who and experience in life? And I have been, I've been to like 10 countries now and, and, most of the states and I found it like there's generally like the same type of people everywhere like the same groups of people exist in all the states and all the all the countries like you've got hillbillies in every country I've been to you know like I just find a kinship with any kind of like people just like me everywhere I've been and it's but I do think that there there are certain qualities you know folks from the desert have a way about them and folks from the the rivers have a way about them and the folks in the plains have a way about them. I've learned that since moving to Kansas city, but plains people are very proud. Uh, and, you know, river people are kind of slower, a slower pace of life. I feel like, you know, uh, yeah, it's a pit, a pit. People are definitely, they have similar traits all over the place, but so your river town, if people are familiar with you is Springfield, Missouri. Um, what were those experiences like growing up in Springfield, Missouri, uh, that you had that led to you and, and some of the music that you're making now, um, as an adult? Uh, I grew up in a town just South, uh, between Nixa and Ozark. It just, it's like about tw like 12 miles South of Springfield. And it's, uh, it was very, it's grown so much. Like when I was a kid, Nixa was just, it was like just a, a small town. It was very small and Springfield kind of usurped it as, it as Springfield got bigger, which is like almost 200,000 people now. And I remember when I was young, it would take, it seemed like such a long drive from Nixa to Springfield because it would be, you'd pass the Meeks Lumberyard and then there wouldn't be anything until you got up to like the Bears Grocery for, you know, it seemed like forever. And now you can't even tell the difference between where Nixa ends and where Springfield begins. But um, The country music was a driving force obviously in a small town like that in Southern Missouri. And, uh, 
I think that had a huge impact on me and hearing uh, a, lo- a lot of musicians from the area. Like music is really deep in Springfield area. Uh, there's tons of great bands over the years, like the Skeletons and the Morels and the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Uh, it's been a lot of really good, talented people, and there's so much music there that had the biggest impact on me down there. Just the the amount of great talent, that, and still to this day, uh, and the bluegrass bands and the country bands were top of the list. Yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of your songs. Um you use a lot of uh, you use a lot of metaphor. You use a lot of uh, creative wordplay in your stuff. Um, does that come from uh, the country music that you grew up from, or is that coming from you know things you've read, other music that you listen to, those types of things? Um, I think any if, if anything, any creative wordplay that there might be, I, I would owe uh, probably to the, just the turn of phrases in country music. Where, you know, you can turn a lyric around into something you wouldn't expect, you know? Um, like, like one that's been in my mind lately, it was this Charlie pride song. Like, does my ring hurt your finger when you go out at night? You know, stuff like that. These, these cool turns of phrase that are, you know, we wouldn't really anticipate or, uh, Mo Bandy had a song that hit me. I thought it was the most creative line. Uh, it was a, her woman's intuition must have told her I was into wishing I could leave. And stuff like that. <laughs> the country music has always been so creative with it. I mean, all, all writers are, but country music is what I've dug into over the years. And also the poems. I read a lot of like Richard Brodigan and stuff like that. The, the, thanks to a friend of mine, Rhett, who turned me on to some great poetry over the years. But those guys were so creative, you know, with their words. So any, any creativity I have, I definitely owe to you know, the, those country music songwriters like Hank Cochran and you know, George Jones and, you know, all those guys. But uh, yeah. Going back to Buffalo Creek a little bit more, you kind of, in it, you're also saying, you know, if if you were to go just go missing, that's definitely the spot you're going to be. Like, what makes that, what makes that so special that you, that's the place that you would go if if nobody could find you. That's why you'll be there. I love my hometown. Uh, I think it's beautiful. And uh, over the years, like it was just if I ever felt overwhelmed. Or, or drained or bogged down, I, I could just drive down to the river and just park my Jeep and sit there. And nobody would, you know, nobody bother me, nobody talked to me, and it's just something to clear my head and like recenter myself. Uh, I love where I'm from. I think it's a beautiful town and it, it just, it like fulfills me to be there, you know. And that's the, the river, sitting by the river, it's the Finley River in Ozark, Missouri. It's, it's, it's just, it's my, it's my spot. For some reason, it like re energizes me. I want to get into a new song because we're actually going to have you playing. You'll be the first artist to be playing your music uh, live in studio for the session. Um, so I want to talk about um, from a lot of your music. It's just there's a lot of heartbreak. There's a lot of pain. Um, and especially in Start Again, uh, you also kind of combine some of that into imagery of drinking alcohol and that kind of stuff. Um is there is there a reason why this kind of uh, this kind of feeling and this kind of uh, imagery is used kind of in a in a large portion of what you've recorded so far? The drinking, yeah. Uh, I I have uh, well, you I for over the years I've had what you could call a contentious relationship with alcohol. I would say uh, it's 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 been part of like both the great times and the really bad times, and it both. Uh, to blame for both <laughs> in, in some cases, you know, it's, it's definitely had a huge impact on my life. 
you know, one, whichever way you want to look at it, it's had a big impact on my life. And I've had to like, come to terms with, you know, a lot of things about myself through drinking. And it, it's, it absolutely show, shows through in my songwriting, you know, the, what, I, the, what I learned about myself and what I learned about other people through the, the course of drinking too much for too long. <laughs> Well, what, what, what would you want people to take away since Start Again isn't really a recorded song that they can just go out and get right now? What, what do you want people who are listening to this to really like understand about this song? It's, it's easy to feel, it's easy to, to wrap yourself up in, inside the, the drinking, you know, it's easy to like shield yourself with it. But when, when you really get down to the bottom of it, it, it doesn't, it never makes anything better. And the one thing that you lost that, that you might be trying to cope with through the drinking, like that's, that's what'll fix you, you know, like getting back to the, the like if you feel like you, your heart was broken or if you feel like your innocence was taken from you and you try to shield yourself from that with alcohol, it's never going to work. And if you can just find the thing that you lost and replace it or, or, or repair what was damaged in that the instance like the, the, that's what you need to work on and not hiding from it let's hear uh this is tyler giles live playing start again well i'm staring through this empty bottle the one i keep around to hold my fears for everything i'm holding and everything i've broken I'll leave this glass reminder sitting here It's the last my lips had ever touched Just like yours, the last I ever loved Each day I'm fighting, crying It's hurting, but I'm trying To find the words, cause sorry's not enough But I'm hoping maybe you'll come back again and hold the other side of these loose ends If you can help me tie them We'll wrap ourselves inside and Start again my lover and my friend It ain't some fortune teller's crystal ball But somehow this decanter shows it all I look inside and see what took the best of me And now I'm Thomas, doubt and faith can break my fall But I'm hoping maybe you'll come back again And hold the other side of these loose ends If you can help me tie them, we'll wrap ourselves inside and Start again, my lover and my friend. Side of these loose ends. 
If you can help me tie them, we'll wrap ourselves inside and start again, my lover and my friend. If you can help me tie them, we'll wrap ourselves inside and start again, my lover and my friend. It's been about three years, a little less than three years since you put out your first EP. And, you know, even when you were talking about doing this, uh, you mentioned like, what, maybe I should just sit down and just record all these and just put it out real quick. Is there a reason um, outside of maybe just financial that financial reasons that you haven't decided to put out a full EP again, a full or even a full length at this point? Uh Outside of expense, which is kind of a crutch excuse anyway, I, 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 my songs change a lot and they evolve and I, I go through phases of being really unhappy with all of my songs, especially the older ones. Um, and it's just, I'm, I'm very like moody back and forth on how I feel about my own songs. And so I, I can get a wild hair and be like, I want to record these now and call somebody and be like, let's set it up. And then, you know, by the time it, we get everything lined up, I'm just like, I don't like these songs. <laughs> and I've written new ones by then that I want to record. So that I'm very, I'm, I'm too flaky when it comes to actually sitting, setting up the time and knocking it out. But uh, beyond that, I, 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 there's just so many songs that I want to do. And I, and, and I also, have other musical obligations that that I that take up my time with with the, the band with the band I play for Porter Union, and uh, it's it's just kind of hard to wedge out the time, carve out the time for it. Yeah. Well, well, let's go through like the progression of one of those songs that you basically you started it, you worked on it, you thought, hey, I'm going to record it, and then you wrote something new, and then you're like, let's not do it. What would be one of those songs that you could think of that you haven't recorded for that those steps uh probably like uh start again was one you know i, I wrote i wrote that probably two years ago or three years ago and then it's a, the, the, the process of like finishing a song and then playing it enough to feel like you've like i could you know feasibly record this like you get comfortable with it and then getting to the point of setting it up and finding the people and the, i've written you know however many songs between those that time you know like uh, by the by but in the, the the months it would have taken to line up recording that, I, you know, I, I had written, I mean, probably a dozen songs. So it's it's just hard to choose. And like you you, you obviously favor the newer songs more than the, the older ones for a while. And but then you kind of come back. It's weird, like just your mood shifts and the way like that song will hit you in a certain way when you write it and you'll really love it. And then your mood, you know, shifts. You'll you'll grow into the, a different person. You know, you, but then you can revisit those older songs. And that you can remember how it felt and like draw back from it. But it, it's just kind of like a, it's like an incubation period of like, you write the song and then it needs to like go sit on its own for a while. With it. You can't like live inside that song for too long. So it's, it, everything kind of flows in and out. I feel is my preference for what I sing. So it's, it's just hard to stay, you know, excited about a song for too long. Well, when you're touring, you do your solo shows and that kind of stuff, or um, you more recently you've been doing some shows with your girlfriend. Um, what do people say when they only have access to the, the five songs that are from the original AP, but they might have enjoyed you know, some of the stuff that you're playing live? Uh, I get a lot of messages on Facebook that's like, will you please record this song? Like the astronaut song people are always asking for. Uh, it's uh, It's... 
something that like, cause it's fun and people really enjoy that. So it's, I've, I keep telling people like, I, I promise I'll record it someday. <laughs> well, yeah, let's jump into that one then since, uh, that's the other one you're going to play live here. Um, the astronaut song, you, you're talking about a story where you fell in love with a woman that works for NASA and then you lose her because she goes into space. Was there any sort of, uh, actual, real life story behind this that you use to create the story? Um, or is this, and if, if not, you know, how, how do you actually like come up with the story arc of something that is far out there? I never would have thought of even putting into a song. Uh, I really like space. I, you know, uh, uh, I wear a, a little NASA pen. I was like, I'm afraid, I, I just love, you know, uh, cosmology and, and, uh, it's, I was writing the song. I remember sitting on the couch writing the song and it started out, you know, up the stairs and down the hall. There's a photo on the wall of someone I used to know. And I was, I sat there, I was like, I don't want to write another sad drinking song, <laughs> but I knew that that's, that that's what I know. <laughs> so I started still, the verse is very much that sad drinking song, like sad, you know, the country song. Uh, but I was like, if I could just turn this into a way, like in the, the influence was falling in love with a girl who was much smarter than me. And, and much better in many, many ways. And, uh, so it was just like, I can just turn this around of, you know, falling in love with somebody that's way too good for you <laughs> and then losing them to the world. What would be like your favorite thing about space? I really love like my buddy Cole will sit and like listen to podcasts and stuff. And I love the idea of like dreaming about going beyond our solar system the, and, you know, talking about the, what, potential methods of travel could exist, you know, with, with, you know, warp speed or like bending space, any of those things. I, I just, I loved dreaming about I how we could. the hardest method. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, timey, wibbly, wobbly. Yeah. yeah. Get kids in you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like I, there's this, there's a, a show called, uh, the expanse of the book series. I, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's, you know, I don't want to give anything away if somebody wants to go read it, but there's, they, they end up like reaching the other planets and it just, it's so exciting to me to dream about that. And that's one of my, just, I, I think about that way too often, probably. Have you used that kind of thought process in other songs that you've written that you probably haven't recorded yet? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that was the first time I've ever referenced outer space to any great <laughs> extent. Well, I, I guess I'm more thinking like, uh, I mean, it's very... Ooh, like it's a very far out there thought process of like what lies beyond what we can see and what we know and that kind of stuff. Like, have you ever been in that headspace and then that's where like something creative came out of it or no, but that's, that's, that's a really great idea. That's, that's, like right. a, that's a really, I like how you phrase that. <laughs> well, next time you're thinking about space, let's, uh, let's, let's write something down and yeah, see, what, do see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go. Let's uh, let's have you play a little bit of the uh, astronaut live on Signal Hill here. Um, this is the astronaut song by Tyler Giles. Up the stairs and down the hall, there's a photo on the wall. Of someone I used to know We changed the number on her phone Now she's a thousand miles from home It's been more than half a year 
Yeah, I'll drink more than my fair share But the reason that she left Ain't the reason you'd expect But I probably should have guessed I fell in love with an astronaut Begged her to stay but she said probably not When I learned she worked for NASA I just thought that she was good at math stuff Well I'll never forget the day The day that Rocket took her away Now round in circles she goes above the planet below Yeah I lost her in space You might say I was a fool Yeah, I'm inclined to say so too I've been low for quite a while Looking up 200 miles Wishing I could see her smile But there's a station on TV They show the astronauts for free I tune in every couple days Just to see if she's okay While the tears stream down my face with an astronaut Begged her to stay But she said probably not When I learned She worked for NASA I just thought that she Was good at math stuff Well I'll never Forget the day The day that Rocket took her away Now round in circles She goes above the planet Below and I lost Her in space I fell in love with an astronaut Begged her to stay but she said cosmonaut When I learned she worked for NASA I just thought that she was good at math stuff Well I'll never forget the day The day that Rocket took her away Now round in circles she goes above the planet below Yeah, I lost her in space I fell in love with an astronaut Begged her to stay, but she said probably not When I learned she worked for NASA I just thought that she was good at math stuff Well, I'll never forget the day When that rocket took her away Round in circles, she goes above the planet below. Yeah, I lost her in space. Around in circles, she goes above the planet below. Yeah, I lost her in space. If you're enjoying today's episode of Crazeology, make sure to click subscribe to keep up with new episodes. You can find more at fox4kc.com. And while you're there, check out a new episodes of Joe's Weather World with meteorologist Joe Gloria. And it's a date with Kim Burns and Shannon O'Brien. Now let's get back to my conversation with Tyler Giles. Without necessarily going into all the details, because you do have a lot of ballads and a lot of um, heartbreak songs, was there one relationship in particular um, that heavily influenced 
a lot of this, a lot of the pain that you wrote for your first EP? I mean, I would say there's always like the first heartbreak, you know, the first like good gut punch that you get. Everybody, everybody has it. I think, I think everybody gets it. Uh, there, no, no, none of, none of the songs are about any one, you know, experience at all. They're, they're in, they're always drawing from, you know, everything uh, that I've, and not, not always things I felt, but things I've seen, you know, in friends or, uh, the, the, the first heartbreak is the one that, that kind of leaves that, that, that tension and stress in your stomach that you like don't really lose, you know, until, you know, you, you finally settle and you find like the thing that's good. I, I, I had it in my gut for, for years. And that's where I drew a lot of the, the, the pain, I guess, or, or the heartache for some of the songs that I've written. But, well, and it's, it's interesting hearing you say that too, because, um, a lot of times listening to these songs, they feel personal. They feel like we've all been through the same experience. And even when you're saying like you, you write them about seeing certain friends going through these things, are you connecting it to your own, like their relationship to your own gut feeling in order to put these down on paper? I think so. I, I feel like when I sing my songs, like I'm always able to, to tap into like the actual the emotion of it, the feeling that the, the physical feeling in my chest or my stomach, like I remember how I felt when I wrote the song, and I and I think that like you can empathize with someone else and like uh, apply that what they're going through to your own, you know, that own, your own wrenching in the gut that you felt, and 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 I I think songwriting should be like empathetic anyway. Well, I mean, you know, there's also if you're writing a serious song for for people to use however they might need, like it should be empathetic, and you 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 would want to them to be able to feel that just the same. So, drawing on their emotion and applying it to your own, it it, it should bridge the gap between the two of you, I would think, you know, and make it accessible for them to apply. How do you feel? Um when you're on stage and you see people getting emotional uh, while you're singing some of these songs live? Uh, I feel for them. Like I, it's somebody when I remember when I first started playing, you know, some, like some of the sad songs out and like really kind of found my voice with them and people would come up and they would say, uh, like that song, like really, like I, I, I know exactly what you were talking about. I felt every word of that. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that for you. <laughs> Uh, it's, I just, I, I hate that anybody would ever feel that way, but I also don't, I, I would like for people to know that they're, that they're definitely not alone in it. And a lot of us have gone through stuff and, and it's, it's, it sucks to feel alone on top of it all, but to, 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 to be able to talk to somebody like that through a song and have them, have them like feel a connection to somebody in that moment is, it, it makes me happy, but I'm also bummed that they <laughs> went through it at all. But. And I feel like a lot of people, if they don't listen to world music, one of the things that I've uh, I've found that after listening to some of your stuff, the other stuff that I end up listening to is things like uh, Damien Rice or Saint Sister, where it's some of this um, much more folkier, uh, uh, not not as American sounding, um, and especially not country, uh, but the the depth of the lyrics, the uh, the feeling, the emotion, um, they all seem to kind of be similar is this the kind of stuff that you're listening to like on a regular basis or are you 
out there listening to happy go lucky Beatles and this is just like the art you create. There's a couple like dark singer songwriter uh, types that I that I really do love. Like David Ramirez is like he's a huge impact on me and and Adam Hood uh, was he's he was the first influence I had in ever writing a song to begin with. And that th- was they're very much like a guy and a guitar and just pouring their heart out. But a lot of my majority of my listening is is like 50s and 60s country uh, a lot of the, like just the radio country from that period and I listen to a lot of 90s country Alan Jackson you know uh, Travis Tritt that sort of stuff but uh, there's a couple of those really dark singer songwriters that I listen to but mostly it's just honky tonk music <laughs> so are most are, are most of the projects that you work on outside of your solo career are those also country since that's kind of your sound uh, drive for the most part it's it's I, I love country music, you know, and playing pedal steel guitar is uh, there's ample opportunity to to play honky tonk music with folks. But I I love country music. I think it's just it's it it moves me. <laughs> I I love everything about it. I, I could I'll never get tired of playing country songs. I've played I've played these country standards hundreds and hundreds of times, and I'll never get bored with them. I just love it. I want to jump back into uh, another song off your original album, uh, The Hard Way, um, where basically you're just saying you've always learned your lessons by going through the worst case scenario and then you finally figure it out at the last minute. Is that really you? Yeah. I don't take advice very well. I'm very much of like a like run head first into the wall and real, realize it was a bad idea after the fact. Uh, like I, I and I do it in the most ridiculous situations. Like I'll, like my girlfriend will tell me something is hot, and then I'll put it in my mouth and really burn myself. And I just I don't know why I'm like that. But <laughs> it, I remember writing that song, and I, I that was the first that was the first like I would, what I would call honky tonk song that I'd ever written. And I wanted to I really wanted that 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 honky tonk sound. And what what came out was that that was after another dumb decision that I had made. And I was like, why can't I just see this ahead of time? Do you mind telling us what that dumb decision is? It, it, it had to do with a girl, I'm sure. <laughs> I walk headlong into, into bad situations. Okay. Yeah. Why did you want to include this in, in your original release? Was it because it was one of your earlier songs and you were just like, this is one that fits the, the sound, the flow, or was it um, you really have an appreciation for that song compared to some of the other ones you may have written? I, I, I do have that really difficult time with my own, like liking my own songs. So I, I honestly didn't choose any of the songs for that EP. Uh, my friend, Corey Martin, uh, who produced it and engineered it at Shadowscape Studios, which is actually just around the corner from where we're recording this at the American Ice Company building. Is where I recorded the album. He uh, he had me play through a bunch of songs, and uh, he chose what songs would be on the EP for me because I was just I could not be trusted with. I, I just never would have chosen. Was that difficult for you though, in in a different sense though, having someone else make that decision? Not at all. I welcomed it because yeah, I just didn't. I didn't. You know, he's a he's a very knowledgeable musician. He's a great songwriter himself. Uh, uh, I, I trusted his judgment as to what would be the best songs for for an EP. So uh, he's a he's a very knowledgeable, thoughtful musician. No second guessing in this process. No. How about you? No, I, yeah, I, I, I just I gave him. You know, I played him a, a bunch of songs, and he told me which ones he thought would be best. And I was like, let's do it. 
when you were playing, were you just playing acoustic like the two that we're hearing now, or did you give him demo versions like what were what came out on the uh, EP? Uh, yeah, just sat in front of him with my guitar and just riffed through fifteen songs or so. Yeah. So what about the other uh, ten? I've forgotten them. <laughs> They're gone somewhere. <laughs> They're probably in a notebook. I'm sure. I don't remember what. I don't really even remember what other songs I would have played. Really? Yeah, there would be a couple. I remember. I still play one very rarely called Sympathy. Um, but yeah, I don't remember many of them what they would have been, which is why he chose the ones he did. I guess because those other songs weren't very memorable. But that's fair. Well, let's uh, let's check it out. This is uh, the Hard Way by Tyler Giles. I'm tired of learning the hard way All these lessons from you You've got me counting my blessing But you're one of a kind Because if there was another Who had me feeling so blue I'd learn that lesson the hard way Just like I always do There was a time When I could sleep through the night When the stars in the sky They still seem to shine
That's it for this episode of Crazeology. Today's episode was produced by myself, Kendall Swank, with production assistance and editing done by Jacob Orlowski. You can find more episodes at fox4kc.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this is Time Don't Heal by Taylor Giles. I can't lose you You can't lose what you don't have You can't break what's broken half And time don't heal But you won't miss me Cause you don't miss what you don't love You won't find comfort from above Cause this ain't real And time don't heal Don't